Did I do a typo in our TikTok? I think you did, because I had to write it down the other day when I was emailing them. Oh my God, that's crazy. How have I never noticed that? Hello and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. We are back. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. Happy New Year, guys. Big debate pre-pod about whether we could say Happy New Year. We can say Happy New Year. What? Oh, because of like how late it is in yeah. the... Yeah, what's your limit, Becky? Well, I think... Like, I was saying sh- this is the last week, I no. think. We're going end of Jan. Oh, no, I yeah. don't agree with that. I think actually it's like the first week, but like this is a special circumstance because it, we're back. It's the first one back. New Year, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I, even if it had been like February, I think it would have been okay. I'm, yes, I'm exactly. going to push, I think, how late I can say that to people this year. <laughs> That's going to be my goal. And, and see their reactions. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was saying I think it's weird on email to, to carry on probably beyond this week, but in person... If you've not seen someone... Yes, exactly. Yeah, I said it to some people at the weekend that I hadn't seen. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I said it to you yesterday. Yes, yeah. Exactly. But I said this week, I think, is the And Jesse week. said, fuck off. <laughs> said, How dare you? <laughs> How dare I you? Because it was half time in the Chelsea game, so I was like, this <laughs> I know, I was going to text you, and I was like, oof, I bet it might not go down well. <laughs> yeah, but we're back. Uh, how's everyone been? I've, I've missed you guys. I've missed our Monday, Thursday studio catch-ups. <laughs> yeah, I've been all right. <laughs> been good. <laughs> Yeah, good to have the footy back. Yeah, going well, to uh, Bristol tomorrow to pick up my bag of stuff that I left on the train when I came home for Christmas. Oh yeah, your gay dog. I didn't realise you you left a bag. I did it again. Oh like, my god, again. Becky, Becky. If you, if I was your mum, you would make me so stressed. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> this one wasn't as bad because it was basically I tried to go home, tried to come back to London, and it all just like all the trains kicked off. So I ended up getting to Crew and then turning around and going back to Chester. Uh... And I had like my suitcase and a backpack, and then I had a Sainsbury's bag for life of stuff that I couldn't fit in, which had my docks in, classic, uh, my gay darts, the excess, and my stuff. new my new my new dart holder. Um and uh, a sticky toffee pudding and a chocolate cake, which I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh no, no. still <laughs> in there. Yeah, uh, I was most upset about the sticky toffee pudding actually. Is Bristol like the hub of lost things? Well, it's uh, it's in Newport, so the train was going from Newport to um Carmarthen or I don't know. Yeah, one. So you've got to go to Newport. So I've got to go to Newport, which oh is like a 20 minute train from Bristol. So I was like, well, I'll just make a day out of it. So what are you going to do in oh Bristol? Oh my God. This is I'm just going to hang out in Bristol for the day. But I, I was mean, like, that's nice. If I'm guess. spending like 40 quid this on trains. So but I'm just funny. like, they will courier it to you. But I'm like, one, that'll be expensive. And two, I just don't trust that it won't no. get lost. Also, couriers, you can't trust couriers in general. Because yeah. this happened to, I accidentally left Holly's mum's tennis racket on the train when we went to go, <gasps> yeah, we went to York. No, I know. And do you know bad. what? She took it like a champ. Really did. did. they find it? No, no, I ca- when I called them <gasps> and they were like, no. oh, yeah, like you could curry it, blah, blah, blah. And Holly's mum was like, I'll just buy a new one. Fair play. Fair play. You but know you what? can't get your gay dogs, you know, your ticky no, exactly. you can't get all of that back. My docks, and they've gone up since I bought them. And yeah, docks are expensive. I'll just have to like break them in again, which would be a nightmare. But the most frustrating thing was I left it on the train and then I was in the lift in the station and I was like, fuck. And usually the Chester to crew train just goes back and forth, but it was one that was carrying on going. (gasps) So I got back to the platform and it was rolling away. (laughs) You're waving goodbye. And it's so frustrating that you just, sorry, this is just a rant about the train system in Britain now. So frustrating that I could be like, it's on that train. I can tell you exactly what time train. I can tell you exactly where it is. I still just had to like, 
put in a lost property thing and pray. Mm. But luckily they found it. So I I was going to ask you about your trip to Amsterdam before Christmas, but we, we've done a lot of admin, so I'm not sure. I don't know. Was it a fun trip? Champions League trip to Amsterdam? Yeah, it was really fun, really wholesome. It was um, Ajax Roma, was it? Ajax. Ajax Bayern. Ajax Bayern, that was it. Big um, win. Big, big win. Um, it was very exciting. There was a guy that looked exactly like Santa. It was crazy. <laughs> was he doing a Santa thing or he just looked like him? Well, well he I think he just genuinely looked like him, but he was wearing a Santa hat with an Ajax shirt. And I was, wow. and I, Great look. Yeah, he was just so... Festive. And it was at the it was at the main stadium, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, busy. Uh, yeah, like relatively, like not the most busy I've seen, but um, yeah, it was a good vibe. And actually, it was so vibey. They played all I want for Christmas is you at halftime, and everyone was absolutely going for it. And then they obviously have like a load of Ajax songs that like and they were playing, really know and everyone were, was but... going mental for. And I was just like, woo! Any other Champions League trips on the cards? You're, are you going to Chelsea, Paris? Well, too? yeah, I actually haven't bought tickets and also I forgot to send my November invoice for some other jobs. So I'm really skinned. So I'm like, maybe I'll just push my Paris trip again. But I bought those Eurostar tickets in like... You can move them quite 2020. easily. 2020. Yeah, and I just yeah. keep moving them. <laughs> so maybe I'll go to... Depends if anyone pays me my invoices and then I'll... And then I'll go. Such good, <laughs> such good train admin chat today, which is my favourite topic of conversation. Hey, speaking of Champions League, we have a fun announcement. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 24th of January, which is Chelsea at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League. We're going to be doing a live podcast at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> and... A few lucky listeners could join us there and also watch the game. So, if you would like to come and watch the live Counterpress pod at Stamford Bridge, please make sure you follow us on Twitter. Got to get, got to get the followers as well and as TikTok, part of this. Come on, and TikTok. Yeah, it's Counterpressed Pod on Twitter. Counterpresses Pod on TikTok. Follow us. Drop us a DM saying you want to enter into a very random lottery that I will be doing online at some point where they draw your name out of a hat. Extremely formal process. So DM and say that I want to enter into the Counterpress live pod draw. Terms and conditions apply. (laughs) Um, Then we will select five lucky winners to be announced next week, join us on the Wednesday for that live pod. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. If you do want to join yet, please follow those accounts, DM us, and we will enter you in that draw. So with that special admin done, should we talk about the first English women's football back of the new year? woo yeah. All right, Let- sure, why not? <laughs> so let's chat FA Cup after this. So you guys were both at Kings Meadow for what was going to be the WAG derby and then sadly... No WAGs available. No WAGs ra- around. Literally, they're there lesbian Stacey Derby with no- none of the lesbians in question. It's so frustrating. And almost none of the there lesbian Stacey t-shirt wearer because... Well, yes. She uh, got the time wrong. <laughs> but you know what? After I spoke to you, I went over and spoke to Counterpress Reply Guy of the Year 2023, Pippa. 
And her dad was like, I thought it was two o'clock as well. So I think somewhere along the line, someone said two o'clock. Mm. Nobody said two I o'clock. That's said, just normal kickoff time. I think time. they said two and o'clock. And you didn't check. And then they changed it. That's why thing happened. Yeah, so I was half an hour late. But then they played an extra half an hour for me. That's true, actually. I didn't think yeah, about that. Yeah, it's really kind of them, actually. Of all the absentees, I think... Christy Mewis not being there made I more sense. I thought you were going to be like, Becky in the first half an hour was the biggest. <laughs> no, what no, do you mean no, made but... more sense? Obviously, Sam Kerr's done her ACL. <laughs> no, no, no. She but, was never going to no, be. No, no, no. Pre-ACL is that if I could predict it, anyone wouldn't be fit enough to play, uh, right. it would have been Christy Mewis because yes. she has struggled for fitness over the last few years and she's coming into a new team. So I expected her not to play, but the Sam Kerr ACL That was more thing, unpredictable. That was I more see. unpredictable, see. unpredictable yes. and took me by surprise. I think also... What feels so like, I've been thinking about it a lot. And because obviously it happened in training and you don't see her go down in a match and you don't have that like, oh. I was very, I'm very glad that we didn't. Because yeah, that I feel awful, like yeah. the psychic trauma would have been worse. Yeah. And I also feel like the discourse would have been worse. Yeah. If people were just, you know, when they analyse every single angle uh, and they're yeah, like, oh, yeah, look yeah, at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. But it was just such a shock. I thought I thought when someone sent me the tweet that somebody had like made their, you know, when you like make your profile yeah, picture I Chelsea Football Club well. and that they, it was a joke. But it's it worse as well now that the the verification is so all, all over the place because mm. some football clubs have gone through the process and yeah. got that gold star. Some of them aren't and it, it, someone can pay for it and then you, the, it's just wild, wild west. Hence why when my brother texts me saying Jonathan Geraldes is going to be uh, working as a consultant for London City Lionesses, I believed it. I was like, <laughs> that was just a text though. That wasn't a tweet. <laughs> I'm gullible, what can I say? Uh, let's talk about the game itself though because, yeah, Jesse... Were you sweating? Were you sweating yeah, over this? Yeah, I was sweating. I was because the way the team set up was just horrible. <laughs> really horrible. And it was really quite bad. Um, I think as soon as we equalised, I thought we would go on to win. Mm. I I thought like the amount of dominance that we'd had, I, I didn't think West Ham would be able to hold on for another, what turned out to be 50 minutes effectively. But... Until we equalised, I was like, oh, it really does feel like we could play and play and not score. And you obviously have in the back of your head, like, you don't anymore have that player in Kerr who is just going to sort of bail you out from nowhere. Like, you're going to have to find something. And to be fair, to me official, it was a damn good goal that she scored to to get Chelsea back into the game. But yeah, I think from there, I was like, I was quite surprised we didn't score in those last 20 minutes, but I still thought, oh, in extra time, like we probably will find something because West Ham just look like, I think as soon as we equalised, they they felt like they knew that it was sort of like over. It's so funny how like West Ham's two best performances of the season have maybe been against Chelsea because they played well in that game at Kings Meadow that they obviously ended up losing, but like they actually played quite well for a lot of that game. I'm like, what is it about West Ham playing Chelsea? They like suddenly look sort of a little bit organised, but yeah, it just felt like they'd given so much to try and hold on to yeah, that lead. Yeah, and stuff like obviously, like I thought Katrina Gorey was amazing for them, but like she obviously like went off like during the game understandably like she was playing her first game yeah she was never gonna last she really got stuck in I just loved that from her oh my god Erin Cuthbert and her both wearing Mm. the number 22 (laughs) tiny like tough tackling midfielders I was I was like these are my guys like I love watching this um but yeah like I think that was like a real um that was a real blow for them obviously when like she couldn't continue and it just felt like they got pushed further and further back I saw you tweeting about the LJ at nine, 
uh, set up. <laughs> <laughs> big sigh. Big sigh, listener. Big eye roll. <laughs> Obviously, Mia Official comes on. Great finish. Really, really, really important for her. Yeah, is that um, little um, fishy shark celebration new? She's been doing that the whole time. No, no, no. That's, she's doing that the whole time. Thing, I think, okay, yeah. I missed it, that first goal she scored for Chelsea. I don't, did she do like, it I don't think she did it against Okay, Spurs. that's probably why then. Um, I don't I, like it. I'm Sorry. kind of in. I think I it's love fun. It. I think, I it's, think fun. it's the kind of thing if, if she plays for your team and does it, it's fun. Yeah. And if yeah. she doesn't, you're like, this girl's a dick. <laughs> I think it's just a little bit different. I want It's like the kind of celebration you'd get on FIFA when you press all the buttons to try and make something fun happen. I think, you <laughs> Can know. Can I say an anonymous person I know texted me saying that they were about to do like a bit What, do you mean tweet. this is someone you know that is anonymous or you're keeping them anonymous? <laughs> I'm keeping them anonymous. They were about to do a bitchy tweet saying, why does me official do a shark celebration when she's a fish before realising that sharks technically are fish? <laughs> Is that, was it your brother? No. Oh, okay. Oh, that was my guess. Um, official kind of comes on and saves the day a little bit and I think that was really important for her in the whole conversation about who is going to kind of step up in Sam Kerr's absence. But is it safe to say the LJ at nine experiment didn't quite work? It was really bad. And <laughs> I don't understand. What I don't get about it is like LJ is like potentially one of the last players I would have wanted to put in that position. I could have put like Wrighton, Nuskin, Kirby, Aggie Beaver Jones, Mia Fisher, like all of these people I'd have played there before Lauren James because LJ's ability comes from getting on the ball and driving forward with the ball and holding on to the ball. And even when she she's obviously very good at striking the ball, she scored a lot of good goals this season. But even then, those goals all come from like the edge of the area. She's not a penalty box poacher. And there was just, I just don't understand like what Chelsea and Hayes thought James was going to do in this game. Because not only did Lauren James play exactly how you'd have expected Lauren James to play, e.g. she dropped a lot. Chelsea didn't change their attack based on that. They were still a lot of, you know, working the ball out to, particularly in the first half, at least the left-hand side and having Guru right and cross in. And then obviously there was just nobody yeah, there. No, no one's, no one's going to be making the run if, yeah. if she's not Yeah, and it was like, kind of like Aaron was sort of making the runs when LJ was dropping, but like, Poor Erin was also like having to mop up so much in midfield. And then you're like watching her like try and like bust a lung to get into the penalty area. And credit to her, like she's she's gonna be the player who does that, but like she's obviously gonna be too late for those kind of balls because she's been, you know, breaking up play and, and winning play in in the midfield. And yeah, I just I really don't get it. And I think the other problem with it is, is that we know that LJ has a tendency when if she's not if stuff isn't necessarily going her way in the game, she can end up being a little bit frustrated, I think, about how things go. And I think that often that's overlooked, like the fact that she's still such a young player, that she's still like really getting minutes under her belt. And I think it's something that she's really improved on in terms of her decision making this season. But I think putting her in a position where it's kind of like setting someone up to fail. Like I don't, that's what, I don't understand what she was like meant to be doing there. And then obviously she was getting annoyed that things weren't working out. And as a result, was sort of just like taking these classic pot shots, which, you know, they were going quite far. Like she had one really great one, like towards the end that could have mm. won it in the final minute. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really bizarre decision and I can't believe it continued for as long mm. into the game as it did. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Does it make you a little bit nervous about the Manchester United game? Because you would have you would have thought that watching that not work, there would have been an earlier change. Do you think surely 
James doesn't start in the nine against United and surely Fischl's going to start there and maybe James drops into the 10. Like there has, if they did, like I just don't feel like that, that is going to be an option, but you never know with mates. Yeah, and also what was weird was in, in the post-match, sort of no one directly asked about LJ playing as the nine, but someone sort of asked about Fischl coming on and Emma Hayes sort of said this thing about you know, Fischl's still raw, like she's still getting used to the team, like she needs minutes, which I, I thought was really strange given the context of like she'd basically come on and bailed Chelsea out. And like, yeah, we know she's raw and she does need minutes, but also this is exactly the point of time where you give her that responsibility. Plus, if you don't want to give her that responsibility, again, I don't think Lauren James is the player who you look to and say... For me, when I saw the lineup, I thought Fran would start as the nine. And that's, I think, the player you, you look to if you're like, oh, I want an experienced head who knows really well how Chelsea play, who's going to like have a really good idea of the players around her. And I could understand that kind of logic over potentially not starting Fischl and keeping Fischl as like an impact sub when you want to maybe go a bit longer, have her hold up the ball, play more crosses into the box, and you want to use maybe Fran as something a bit more intricate early on. But that's what was weird. Like, I could understand that logic, but I didn't understand why LJ was seemingly the player who was supposed to be able to do this. But also what you just said, she said, and uh, Hayes said in the post-match would make me think that Fischl won't yes, be starting against no, Manchester exactly. United. I agree. And that Real Madrid game, obviously with the Count Press Live pod game um, with, <laughs> as with, it's being known as yeah. it's being that's called, how called that's how referring it's called to it. uh, with that obviously being like uh, uh, Real Madrid are already out of contention to to qualify in the Champions League it's got a bit more of a sort of like dead robbery thing about it in a way you feel like she's maybe more likely to get the nod in that one um, over the Manchester United game which it feels like Emma doesn't think like she's got it in her yeah, I mean, I I don't know because I think watching against West Ham, like it would be so foolish to play LJ in that role again. Um, but yeah, I don't think that means necessarily that Fischl starts. I don't know whether that, yeah, there is the option of trying Fran or something like that. Um, but for me, I just, like I personally don't get it. I think you, I just think you, you have to play Fischl um, because at least in these early games, because you've not had the time to work on something different in training. And that's what was weird. It was like Chelsea were trying to play in a totally different way. Now, Mia Fischel obviously isn't Sam Kerr, but there are lots of things that she does which are quite similar to Sam. Like, she can hold up the ball. She is good at, like, running in behind. She's good in the air and in the penalty box. Like, she's the closest player in the Chelsea squad to mimicking what Kerr does. Now, you might think that there's a better option overall than just Fischl being sort of a lesser version of Kerr. But I think the reality is, is that's going to need time to work on. And Chelsea don't have time. They've got to play four more matches in January alone. Like, the games are going to come, like, quickly. So they they need to be, I think, a little bit more practical about how they want to play. Without this sounding like a Chelsea pod, but there are quite a few big things to talk about with this Chelsea team in the news right now. Still no Millie Bright. And I think that absence is really felt. Kadisha Buchanan is still such a nervy player. She misses that header, that contact that then lets Asai in behind. And it was a good finish, bit of a heavy touch, but then she kind of finishes well for it. And that bright absence still feels so, so big. And there's still a bit of vagueness about any timeline and when she might return as well. 
Yeah, I think you have to assume with the Natalie Bjorn signing, the timeline is not soon. Um, the positive is, is Natalie Bjorn looked very good when she came on and she replaced Jess Carter, who I know Buchanan will get the maybe more of the attention because she was like the one targeted on the goal. But Jess Carter had a very spooky game, much spookier than Khadija Buchanan had, I thought. Um, Which is rare for her because she's so consistent. Well, I think the, the concern will be is that there's it's felt like there's been... A, a bit of a decline, I think, as we've got further into the season. And I don't know how much of that is like the switch, that's all the changes that are going on around her. So, you know, she obviously started the season playing with Bright. She's had to play with Mielda. She's had to play with Buchanan. Also yesterday, Chelsea had to swap around their fullbacks because Neve Charles wasn't available. But what was weird about that was that they played Eve Perisay at left back. Now, normally she plays at right back and tucks in as the right side centre back. And I thought Ashley Lawrence would play as left back. But... She wasn't. And so suddenly Chelsea were playing almost two natural, well, two normal fullbacks rather than this like tucking in system, which I also think it's, it's all of those kind of things broadly, which I think are contributing to like maybe individual declines in players. But I just thought yesterday there were like a lot of very, very strange tactical decisions, which of course then Hayes put down to, oh, we haven't played in a while. So that's why we looked rusty. And I will say the quality from Chelsea's players, a lot of them was poor, but it was also like, I could list like three or four tactical things that I think Hayes just got totally wrong. You can't put it just down to like, we haven't played in a while. Well, they haven't got long to kind of put it right because they've got Manchester United at home on Sunday and Manchester United don't feel like the same team that they were last season obviously some huge changes in Bacchet and Russo going and we know that yeah they they are struggling to really kind of show and stamp themselves on the season but it's still if Chelsea are seeming a little bit spooky it's not the kind of game that you want to like build that form again the other thing I want to talk about is another big story that came out I think on Friday Molly Hudson's story in the Times about next Chelsea head coach and some senior players saying that they would prefer a woman. Uh, and uh, then I think it also she's mentioned in that piece about Casey Stoney and Laura Harvey, who were already kind of the names that were being chucked about anyway. But then also Amanda Zaza later reporting that Elizabeth Gunner's daughter, who's coached a lot in Sweden, uh, she's also one of the, the names in the lineup. Um what do you guys think about the players and their kind of preference for a woman coach? Because I get it, but at the same time, I'm a little bit like, I don't know, it feels it feels interesting for them to be sp so specific about that. And obviously you've got to take the player's preference in mind, but I just thought it was interesting. And obviously with the fact that Jonathan Geraldis has gone to spirit and he would probably be the most likely like top male target he's kind of out of it anyway so realistically it's probably mainly women who are in contention but I just thought it was interesting to see that headline and think oh what does this say about kind of like where women's football is right now and kind of how the narrative and how it's changing a little bit I don't know if it's because like they have a woman in charge of them right now and it's working obviously well maybe not that last game, but we're generally <laughs> working well for them. Um, I think if I was, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It is interesting because I, w I was about to say, I think if I was a professional footballer, I would also want a woman to manage me. I just think there's like some things that they're going to get in a way that a male manager might not. But then also, 
I have a really great coach who's a man and he's a really good coach. And so I don't know. It's Are you saying Josh Pugh should take the Chelsea job? Josh Pugh should take the Chelsea <laughs> Hashtag job. not all men is what <laughs> I'm hearing. We actually had a conversation uh, on Saturday after we played 11s, like... Because our coach Amy did a really good change half an hour in, risky one from four. Uh, well, women four, can coach. You from, first, from guys. Four, Amy Lester for Chelsea. Amy Jones. Lester, Josh Pugh coaching duo. <laughs> Chelsea. Ala, Juan Carlos Ambrose and Catherine Karen Hill. Hill. Wow. She did a change from 4 4 2 to 4 3 3 half an hour in because it just wasn't working for us. Innovative. And it worked. And she was like, I was so scared to do it. And we were talking about, like, at what point do you go from, like, being like an amateur? Like, how, how long would she have to work to become a WSL <laughs> a coach? A long time. A and lot we of like, badges. Josh Pugh, probably like. Like, could be on the way. Anyway, that's just my football team. But that's what I mean. Like, I, we have really great coaches who are... It's just... it's. I think it's about someone who gets it. And mm. I think more often than not, you will feel like a woman gets it more or more quickly. I think it's more rare to find a, a male manager who you will be like, oh, yeah, okay, like, you understand and you get it and I feel, like, comfortable and happy with you. The girls that get it, get it. Exactly. <laughs> and Josh Pugh is one of those girls that gets it. I also think when it comes to Chelsea's well, I guess it's not super surprising because so much of what we've heard about what Emma Hayes has done with the team over the years, like, so much shit is about women. It's, like, all this stuff around periods and understanding women's bodies and, like, really leaning into the certain differences, I guess, rightly or wrongly or you know what that means what it, for the wider sort of rhetoric around the women's game is for another pod but at the same time like I understand it from that point because if those are the conversations that you're having with the group I certainly would feel like oh if we had uh, a woman head coach or like you know they've still got quite a lot of women in this coaching setup or, or around them in the wider staff then they're likely to like appreciate and understand a little bit more and I do think what Emma Hayes has done and and her the, the motherly figure that she's been for a lot of players. Erin Cuthbert's spoken about it a lot. Millie Bright's spoken about it a lot. Lauren James has spoken about it a lot. That is a characteristic that she's lent into who she is. And I think it probably would be harder for them to maybe build that relationship with a man um, unless that's part of their personality. I think so much of it is also personality and mm. leadership. And I think that differs. Um I think it's kind of like in you know in a convenience, like I said, that like all the main targets are women. But at the same time, I'm like, it, it, I don't know. It feels very 2020 to me. <laughs> I I can understand it, and I think um, lots of it probably is led by the environment that that Hayes has created at Chelsea. And I can see why you would feel like having a woman come in would do more to help like foster the continuation of that environment. Um, I also think it's. I think when you look at like the amount of stories about male managers, and this isn't to say that like female managers can't be dicks and like <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like I, I can also understand why there's like understandable trepidation around that. And I also personally think it's like for me, I'm kind of glad that if that's what the players want, the club wants to lead on it because mm. I wouldn't say like I'm concerned around like the direction of management in the game but I do think obviously as the women's game grows you see you we've seen for a while but I think it, it's a trend that's only going to increase that more men are going to see it as like a viable way either into management or to make money and I think given Stepping the fact well yeah but I think <laughs> given the fact that like women there is no almost no women's coaching within the men's game it's actually really important to mm ring fence to a certain extent um elite jobs within the women's game as 
as being for women until because people will say, oh, you know, like men and women, like, you know, they can both coach and it doesn't have to matter about your gender. And I totally agree with that. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that women do not coach in the men's game. And until that changes, I think it's harder to get on board with this idea of like, oh, like we can sort of be gender blind about these things. Yeah, it's yeah. like equality and equity. and Right, exactly. What, yeah, we don't have the opportunity. Equality of opportunity versus equality yes. of outcome. Thank mm. you, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, it's we don't have like opportunity in the men's game basically at all there's like a very occasional figure um so I do think it's also important like I would prefer also to see a woman take that job Jesse, I have a question for you obviously if they want a woman rules you out but <laughs> RIP would you <laughs> withdrawing my application <laughs> if they offered you the job would you take it <laughs> what me now yeah no oh my god Obviously poison not. chalice I'd be I have no coaching I've never coached in my life I took one under six but like, coaching sessions for girls come on and I was like I hate children if so they I offered do it not to you to if they this. offered it to you you'd have to say yes you couldn't turn it down opportunity no, lifetime yeah, I could that's crazy to me that you would turn it down. Do you think I should do, you know, kind of the the Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard type thing where you're like the face and then you try and find yeah, someone? Yeah, you feel I know everyone. what I do. I'd say yes and then I'd hire Josh Pugh and Amy Lester <laughs> as my assistants and I'd sort of be the face you could and do, sit in the presses well, think, and they I could think coach you could do the tactics and you, I think you'd be good at the PR. Yeah. And they can run like the day to day sessions. Hey, yeah. Don't you remember we were? I was going to be the, the, the bad cop and you were going to be the good cop? tactician no okay so you can, can come on board as well yeah and i'll be the shouty manager What's in training job? you can be the person who stands right at the top you know where the camera is and then looks down that's the, what paul green okay. does at the okay. moment can you also yeah. to do that for can us i also well? do like the clop thing at, at, while everyone's warming up and stand at the halfway line and watch, watch. the other team yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'll yeah. freak them out yes. yeah okay yeah. good great what team we've got <laughs> chelsea call us up <laughs> Let's also talk about some of the other nice stories. And there's some nice stories from FA Cup weekend. Wolves, massive win over Reading. A little bit of a cup set there. Wolves beating Championship side Reading, who are struggling a little bit. Yeah, is it and bad that I feel a bit sorry for Reading? I do feel sorry for them because the club as a whole is absolutely going through it. Know, Both teams yeah. struggling in the men's and women's game. Another protest on the men's side. Game against Port Vale was called off. Power to them, keep protesting. So it is, it's tough for them. Wolves came back from a goal down, two goals in 20 minutes. So it's still cool. an iconic comeback and we wish them well in the next round. Wolves and Forest are the only two non-championship sides left in the competition. Sorry, non-championship or WSL sides left in the competition. Forest had a massive win against Plymouth. Shout out Carly Davis um, with that because Forrest's doing really well. She's got an exciting project going on. Also want to shout out fans and atmosphere because Newcastle away end at Lee was popping. It It was loud. They had really, really, really good crowd for that. Uh, Obviously lost to Manchester United, but a good turnout and obviously doing well as well, Newcastle. And the vibes at Durham, that was proper old school you had it was impossible to watch you had the sun blinding you <laughs> on iPlayer you had dogs barking in the background <laughs> love it you had that general sort of like chit chat murmur and then like you could kind of hear the players 
But it, and it was obviously freezing cold because it's Durham, so you could kind of see the condensation from the players, like or like as it was as it was hot, you could kind of see the the pitch almost kind of like dry or drying out almost or like defrosting as the game went on. It was just really fun vibes. And Durham got a record crowd for that game. Obviously a massive draw having Manchester City at home. Who won? But I think as a FA Cup vibes weekend, I think the vibes were pretty high. And guys, that was all of us. <laughs> Everyone this weekend. Yeah, I know. Everyone that went to an FA Cup game. Everyone who enjoyed Everyone it. Everyone that played in an FA Cup game. That was us. That's actually that, so true. The it's power. so weird, isn't it? They say it though because Chelsea fans are mad that like um, we drew them against the WSL side. Oh well, you won, so whatever. That's yeah, true. exactly. And you needed you needed that test. So that's what thank I was us, saying. Thank us later. Can I just say one thing? And I know this would have affected Chelsea in a way n- negatively. So I am kind of glad it didn't happen. But I think it's a bit sad that we don't have replays. And I think the number of like non upsets was yeah. maybe a bit influenced. By mm. that, like, I wonder if Sheffield United might have found, like, been able to hold on yeah, if you if felt like you yeah. had a replay to, like, you know. Also, yeah, I know what you mean. Absolute worst thing to happen when you're in neutral at a football match is for it to go to extra time, but not penalties. Mm. I was so fuming that, when Chelsea scored. The second half of extra time was so annoying because well, yeah. they'd scored two in yeah. the first half of extra Boring. time. You were like, "This is so pointless." So they, they do they do replays in the earlier rounds? I can't remember. No, 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 no replays at all. Yeah. I thought they did them in the earlier ones, but not when the WSL teams no. come in. No. Oh, Which I also don't really. I assume it's like it'll, I be, don't know, a co- no, it'll be a cost. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. cost. I mean, they don't. They like it's only like last season. Because imagine they, if you were going like Lewis to Blackburn yeah. and then you had to go and do it again. And they, it was only last season that they gave those like smaller yeah, but the teams. FA just give Actually, more well, yes, money exactly. for it. That's the only like Clapton had to fundraise yeah, a few to go years to Plymouth ago to go to Plymouth because they had no like the money that they had like got from getting to that round was still not even enough to cover their trip to Plymouth. But it, now they have changed it. But I think obviously you'd have to like double that expenses pot to do replays. I just feel like the the excitement of a potential replay is part of the magic of the cup. And I think it's a bit like Abide With Me, another thing we have to campaign on to but create Jessie, an equal effect. Oh, 100% discourse if we added replays into the calendar. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh my but, God, these women who play about 22 yeah, games a yeah. year now have to play 23. I will die defending FA Cup replays in the men's game. I'm maybe not super sold yet on the women's game, but you can get me. I'm, I'm available for okay. persuading. Misogynist. But I'm not there. I'm not there yet. Only because I just feel I worry. Only because I hate women. I, I worry that like no one would go to them. So I'm like that almost defeats yeah, the point of You know, it, you know it would end up game. on like a Tuesday night. Mm, that's actually quite a good And the point. game would probably be postponed because it'd be too cold. Yeah. And that's, whereas in the men's game, obviously the financial reason is the main reason it survives because for Newport or Eastleigh who are going to play Manchester United, it's like huge. It's the biggest moment in like a lot of their history, especially Eastleigh. That's massive. So, yeah, but that's only because of the attention that's put on it. Luton Brighton could have been seen in the same light. Yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's work towards that. In Stop the future. your flippant coverage of the women's <laughs> FA Cup, and we can get people excited yeah. about replays. Yeah, yeah. Well, that'll be our next campaign. Also, shout out Michelle Adjiman who scored against her parent club Arsenal. Unfortunately, Watford did lose five one, and it could have been worse. But it was nice to see. Their loanies play because obviously Arsenal gave them clearance for that, which was... I didn't know until really recently that that's why. But it was Eve Paris. Uh, no, not Eve Paris. It was um, 
who's the Chelsea player that's on loan. Alsu Abdelina. Yeah. It was then that I learned that parent clubs can just be like, no, they can't play against us or yes. I don't know what, I just thought I it was a rule. I don't think you can in the league. Interesting. I think that's it's a, a rule, but I think in Also, the Arsenal ones, I'm not, I'm not sure if this differs or not, but technically the Arsenal Watford girlies are dual registered mm, yeah, it's different rather when you're than because you're not allowed to have multiple players on loan at between two clubs oh so wow I'm learning so much today <laughs> oh my god you have no idea how many times I've read the women's super league rules <laughs> <laughs> it's like favourite you are much. So a nerd <laughs> I, there's, with Chelsea squad you really have to know them inside out I, I was thinking a lot as well about some of these results and especially for some of the championship teams. And it was so unfortunate what happened to Sheffield United because they were 2-0 up, end up losing 3-2 to Spurs away. And I really thought that was going to be a cup set. But I did start to think a little bit about the the gap between championship and WSL, which feels so big. But then a much narrower gap, it feels, between kind of tier three and the championship, which is kind of good and bad at the same time. Obviously, if Sheffield United had beat Spurs, I think it would have maybe pushed back on a bit of a sort of narrative around championship sides facing WSL teams. But I do think in general, it, that that feels quite broad. But that tier three, like some... And obviously that comes from investment and in big teams like Newcastle and, and Wolves have been kind of punching and trying to push on and get promoted for a while. And I think cause there's only one spot. It's, it's a bit of a nightmare. But... Um, yeah, I just feel like that gap is closing, which is good for the entire pyramid, really. I think what's telling in one sense is that Wolves are a Premier League side who be like a, a Reading, who, as we know, are really, mm. really struggling. And Forest also obviously a Premier League side and they beat another third tier side. So that's there was always going to be one of them in it. But I think the other thing that's like kind of not funny, but like <laughs> the obviously they've now got it so that there's a promotion spot from the National League North and the National League South and two from the Championship go down, which should help ease this bottleneck. But one of the interesting things is it feels like the National League North is where a lot of these teams have ended up. So you've got Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves and Forest all in that division, all of whom are like pushing on. But clearly it's going to take a while for all of those teams to go up because there's only one spot. And then um, got a give a shout out to the Portsmouth girlies who are obviously fairly local to me because they went top of National League South beating hashtag United this weekend. But that's also then quite funny because you've got like Portsmouth, hashtag United and like Ipswich all sort of like so it's a very like different mixture mm-hmm. of teams it would be so undignified for us to have hashtag United oh, in the WSL sorry. I'm sorry sorry no, if Portsmouth, anyone Portsmouth have to top hold on, on to that top of the table sorry spot sorry if anyone supports hashtag or plays for them but they get like it just the lowest football. they get like the just lowest number of fans in that division it like would, turning up it's just so undignified hey and obviously massive shout out to Moneyfield who unfortunately lost to London City Lionesses but they put on a massive show for, for like in the build up to that did tons Tons of media really tried to build a bit of momentum, and I think that's going to do the world world of good going forward. Um, get some new fans in as well. Um, have to talk about uh, very quickly. Villa's loss to Everton because it was another pretty bad mm, performance and result. And the thing that makes me feel really spooky: Lucy Parker is out for the rest of the season uh, with a foot uh, ankle injury that I think she's got to have an operation on, which is why she's going to be missing the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's not looking uh, great Um, and a lot of 
the WSL relegation is going to come down to whether Bristol City kind of get a good run together. But they've still got a lot of teams in their sights. And I do think Everton getting Catherine Cool on loan is so, so good. Like, I think she's going to really change them and she played well uh, on Saturday. I just feel like to lose 3-0 to a team that just lost their best defender and has had a pretty poor season with a very strong Villa side as well, obviously without Parker, I think is pretty nervy. Mm, I, I haven't, I didn't watch this game full disclosure because Chelsea men were on at the same time and I'm wow, misogynist I'm in with I've had Cancelled. to spend in the absence of women's football it's been disgusting I've had to watch Chelsea <laughs> men disgusting. and now I'm trying to like wean myself back off them um, but <laughs> Villa had by all accounts quite a lot of chances in this match so but I do feel like just generally they looked so disorganised. I know there was the big clip going around, which was like kind of trying to big up Everton and like this like big passing move Everton put together. But the press oh, yeah. was so that made me feel unwell <laughs> watching that. I was like, this is I, this is why I need to go back to Chelsea men, and that's saying something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do feel really really concerned for Villa, especially I think. When you look at those players that, for example, West Ham have brought in, I think there are still a lot of teams banking on Bristol not being able to sort of keep the pace up. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see exactly what what happens with them in the second half of the season. But yeah, Villa feel. Yeah, this is the first show we've done since West Ham's mega transfer window of Christy Mewis, Katrina Gorey and Shalina Zadorsky, who wasn't getting much playing time at Spurs. I mean, that could transform. Do you think there was, um, obviously we didn't see Mewis yesterday, but do you think there was probably enough of a change? Yeah, this is the weird thing about West Ham. Like, they're... Their underlying numbers are, like, fine. They're, like, perfectly mid-table. It just feels like there's this continuous problem under Rahan Skinner where her teams do not score goals. They do not create enough chances. They obviously played long a lot against Chelsea and it really worked. But I don't know how advantageous that is going to be with the teams in around them because obviously they're not going to, like, necessarily do what Chelsea did, which is basically just have two centre-backs and allow... Mm. West Ham's two strikers to run up against them and also then look pretty crap while they were doing that. So I think that was like a big confluence of factors there. I think Gori and Zadorsky are both really, really good additions and obviously might help with some of like the the concessions that they've been making. And if Mewis can stay fit, like she is a very like creative, exciting player. And watching Asai and Yueki yesterday, like both of those are players who like really, really know what they're, they're doing. They're, they are really, really impressive, I think, to watch together as a duo. So, I, like, it should be possible. I think my concern for West Ham is, like, broader of being, like, you're having to do these big, like, January, like, bail-in signings. Like, what is the longer-term plan mm. here? Um, I think they'll be, I think they will stay up um, with it, but I think it will be interesting to see, like, what, like, even the future of all those players looks like they're all over 30 for example mm. so you know it, even if they stay beyond this the second half of the season it's not a long-term building block I also just would love to see Christy Mears in the championship I think that would be like ultimate <laughs> can Barclays. you imagine if they got relegated ultimate she's Barclays. like babe babe I gotta go to Lewis I gotta go to Blackburn this weekend babe. <laughs> um WSL finally returns this weekend oh my god it's been a month since we had a WSL game ridiculous Nuko please sort out that fixture scheduling because it's 
insane. Uh, but yeah, finally back. We've got Leicester Villa on Friday night. A massive game for Villa. Chelsea United, probably the headline match of the weekend on Sunday. Man City Liverpool, I think that could be Come a on spicy one. I actually be- was so annoyed that there was neither lesbian from. Uh, at Chelsea West Ham because I just would have gone to Bristol Liverpool instead and then you could have collected all your stuff I, <gasps> no they're not open on weekends it's fine oh, okay, you good. could have stayed overnight and got it today oh you wouldn't have been able to yeah. it that fine. would have been so good <laughs> uh, I did think that and then I checked uh, not open on weekends oh anyway and they, got, and they went down to 10 and then they won Jesse's got to run out the studio so I'm going to wrap things up See you later, Jesse. You'll get trained. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a very fun WSL draft episode. So how it's going to work is <laughs> oh, Becky, Jesse, and I are all going to draft a team of WSL players, current legends, you know, bygones, heroes. Oh, really, I can pick anyone. Wow, I think we'll okay. do it. I mean, we'll confirm with Jesse those rules, but I think it's fun if we yeah, do Jesse's it. Jesse's in a, charge, isn't? Yeah, isn't it, they? <laughs> Jesse's in charge of this Aren't one, they? but I think it's fun if we do some like kind of you know past and present. But we, we can we can uh, we can confirm on that one. But yes, we're going to be doing a WSL draft episode on Thursday. So join us then. It's good to be back, and we'll see you all again soon. <laughs>